Blog Talk Radio. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm glad all the demons of Santa Claus gone, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer gone, the demons gone. They'll be back next year at the same foolishness. But God bless you. <laughs> Stay out of that foolish mess. I'm glad it's over with, really. It's just a waste of money and time, and it takes the place of Jesus Christ. It swaps Jesus for Santa Claus. And you people need to wake up because judgment is coming on a lot of Christians in America. God is warning you. We have an evangelist that's about to give a powerful message concerning your foolishness. Without further ado, Evangelist Janice Taylor. Well, praise ye the Lord. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor, your hostess tonight, here at Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry. So glad for the opportunity to come before you and share with you what God is saying. And I'm telling you, he is talking loud tonight. Uh, those of you who would like to find us on the web, you can at 
dot walls of fire deliverance m i n dot com and uh, you can find us there. You can reach us also by email at jet245 at msn.com. And if that's not enough, you can call us at area code 336-830-0601. We'd love to stay. hear from you. Yes. I'm leaving. Me and Sister Dirty got to do a deliverance. You got it for two hours. All right, Apostle. Okay, God bless. Have a good all right, God bless. And uh, again, that number is 336-830-0601. We are um, so honored that you would join us here tonight. Um, I, before I get into tonight's message, I want to share with you uh, how you can join us in prayer. You know, prayer is, it has always been important. But I'm here to tell you tonight that it's going to be even more important in this season. Not more important. I think that was the wrong word. But it's going to be more necessary in this season. Um, the saints of God are going to have to pray to get um, through what's coming our way. So uh, I'd like to invite your attention to the sweet hour of prayer. Jesus said to his disciples, can you not pray with me for one hour? And um, the answer is that, yes, we should be able to pray for at least one hour um, in, 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 in joining and fellowshipping with the Lord. And so uh, we have the sweet hour of prayer uh, prayer line. We've been praying together now. People I've never even met uh, from all over the world. We've been praying together now for two years. We're going into the third year. And um, the Lord started this prayer line. So we pray Monday through Saturday at 12 noon to 1 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. So if you live in a different time zone, you will need to adjust your time. We also pray on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the phone number for this prayer line is area code 425-436-6333. And the access code is 716-5050. Again, that number to the sweet hour of prayer, prayer line, is 425-436-6333. And the um, access code, again, is 716-5050, followed by the pounds. Let's go straight to the Word of God tonight. And the Word of God, we're going to start off over in 1 Samuel, and then we're going over to the book of Ezekiel. But this is on the heart of God tonight, and I'm just going to share with you what God is sharing with me concerning this topic. So if we look at 1 Samuel chapter 5, it says, And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it 
from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon. Somebody that's listening to me tonight, whether you are a pastor, a preacher, a minister of the gospel, a deacon, a usher, even singing in the choir, or if you are just a person, a member of the body of Christ, and all you do is sit pew, please, I beg of you to pay attention to this message tonight because God has something to say. So, and when they of Ashdod arose, let me read that second verse again. When the Philistines took the ark of God, and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face, ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they rose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold, and only the stump of Dagon was left to him. And I want to stop right there. Glory be to God. And tonight's topic, tonight's topic is the idols are coming down. The idols are coming down. This is on the heart of God, and I'm going to say what he is telling me to say. As a matter of fact, it is God who is speaking through me. I have not even studied this. I had something totally different prepared to speak tonight. But this topic is on the heart of God. So I'm going to say what my father is saying. I'm just going to open my mouth and let God speak through me. Now, if we look at this passage of Scripture, we see that the Philistines had taken the ark of God. And the ark of God represented the presence of God. You could say that it was God, except that it really wasn't, but God's presence was there. And so they got a hold of this and were not supposed to possess it. They took it from Israel, and the Bible says, that when the ark was taken, Eli, when he got the news, fell off of a stool and broke his neck, and he died. His daughter-in-law, 
she was married to uh, uh, one of his sons, Hophni and Phineas, and when she gave birth and found out that the ark of God was taken, the Bible says she named the child Ichabod before she died, which means the glory has departed. I want you to pay attention tonight. I want you to pay close attention to this message tonight. So the Philistines of God, and it was in their possession, and so they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. And when they took the ark of God, they took it to the house of Dagon, their false god. And they set it beside Dagon as if the two gods were equal. They made a serious mistake because even though Israel was in trouble with God, even though the army of Israel was defeated by the Philistines, God still loved Israel. And so they took the ark of God and put it in the house of Dagon. And this is something that we see today. We actually see now Dagon was a false god. He was an idol. And this is something that we are seeing presently today. People of God are bringing Dagon into the house of God, the holy temple of God. They are bringing the world into the church. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But the world, instead of the church going to the world and preach the gospel, the world has come into the church and they are preaching their mess to the saints of God. And nobody is paying attention. People are acting like, oh, this is all right. Yeah, we we still having church. How can you have church without the presence of the Lord? Let me go on because the glory has clearly departed. So they put the ark of God beside Dagon. They set it up like, yeah, like this is equal. These two gods are equal. And there is no God like our God. We serve the true and living God. And so the Bible says that when they did this, the next day when they came back into the house of God, Dagon, the idol, was fallen. Oh, I hope you're with me tonight because I'm telling you, the idols are coming down. And so Dagon was fallen upon his face. My Bible tells me, every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Dagon, idol, had to bow in the presence 
of the true and living God. Glory be to God in the highest. So they took Dagon and set him up again. Glory be to God. And the Bible says on the next day, they came back in there. Dagon was falling on his face again. He was bowing before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And guess what? This time, not only was he on his face before the ark of God, but this time his head was broken off and the palms of his hands was broken off. Now, what does this mean? I'm going to tell you in a nutshell. It means that the idols are coming down. Dagon's head represents, the head represents authority, which he had none. So his head fell off. His hands represents strength, which he had none. So his hand broke off. Dagon bowed on his face. He had to lay prostrate. I'm talking about an idol. Had to lay prostrate in the presence of the true and living God. My God, my God, my God. Now, God Hate idols. He hates idols. The children of Israel got in all the trouble they got in with God on account of idols. Idolatry. God said in his word, I'm jealous for you. And we have to know what that means. God is not jealous of us. He is jealous for us. We who are born again, we belong to God. So God has every right to be jealous for us. First of all, it is because God sent his only begotten son. Dagon didn't send his to die for us. God sent his only begotten son to die on that cross on Calvary, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. People are serving false gods all over the world. They serving Buddha. They serving Confucius. They serving uh, uh, over in um, India. They, the Hindu, they serve uh, 330 million gods, but none of them have any power. Absolutely none of them. You see what just happened over in Japan? On Monday, they had an earthquake, a tsunami earthquake in Japan. And before they could recover from that, a plane burst into flame with 379 people aboard. You think God ain't talking to these people? The idols 
are coming down. Everywhere you look, you see these idols. People have made idols. They have made idols out of money. They have made idols out of material possessions, such as cars and homes. They have made idols out of their position in life. They have made idols out of these things. And God is allowing these idols to come down. As a matter of fact, it is he himself who is bringing them down. Anything. Now, we like to think that, oh, we don't have idols today. We don't bow to statues today. Let me tell you something. Anything that you put before God is an idol. It's an idol. If you're spending more time watching TV than you are in the presence of the Lord, that TV is an idol. You say, well, I'm not bowing down to it, but that is where you're focusing. That's where your focus is. It's on that idol. That's one of the reasons people can't pray. You know why people are not praying? It's because they can't leave their idol. They say, oh, I, 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 I was going to go to prayer me, but my idol, my idol, my, I, I, my idol is calling me. I, I can't leave my idol. This is one reason why people are not praying. It is because of their idols. We have allowed idols in this country. I'm talking about the United States. We have allowed idols in this country. And we have given place to them. They have preeminence in our lives. People are worshiping other people. You know, I'm going to say this. I remember last election. When everybody was praying, I know I was, was praying for this, uh, for that election. And uh, the candidates were running. And let me tell you what people began to say. They began to say about one of the candidates. They said, he is the great white hope, and he will make America great again. I knew right then they had made him an idol. They were worshiping him. That's why he didn't win. That is why he didn't win. Because people put their hope in a man. They didn't look to God. They looked to a man. They said, he is our great white hope. That's what they called him. I remember they said that one time before about a boxer. They said he was the great white hope, and he lost that he lost that boxing match. Anything that you put your trust in other than God. The Bible says, put not thy trust in man. Put not thy confidence in princes. These people are just People, they're mere mortals made by God. If you're going to worship somebody, worship the creator. 
the one that made heaven and earth. Do not worship a man. Do not worship a person. Do not put your trust in that. When the children of Israel were being besieged by Babylon, Jeremiah the prophet to them and told them what God was saying. Oh, they didn't want to hear that. They said, oh, no, well, this can't be true. Uh Uh-uh. And they came against him. Zedekiah knew that Jeremiah was a true man of God. He kept saying, the people, the people, I, I, I can't, the people. But let me tell you something. His general told him, let's send for Egypt. Egypt will help us. Instead of turning to the Lord, they turned to, they turned to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was crazy. Pharaoh said he was God. You know, that's a lie. He said he had made the Nile River totally delusional. So they sent for Pharaoh and his army. And the Bible says they were coming. And God turned them back. They turned around and went back. That's why you can't put your hope in man. God is in control. This one is going to be your help. God will shut that door because God says, thou shall have no other God beside me. I am the Lord thy God. I alone am the true and living God. Anything else that you put your trust in is an idol. Dagon and the people, the Philistines, had to find out that they didn't have any hope in Dagon. As a matter of fact, they sent the Ark of the Covenant to five different cities. And each city they went, that Ark went in, they broke out with boils. And they finally realized, hey, we got to get this thing out of here. They realized. They had touched the holy thing, and they had to get rid of it. But they said, we can't send it back empty. So they made some gold, uh, uh, golden mice and emeralds, and they sent it back. They put it on a cart and just let it roll. They wanted to it out of there because they knew as long as, they, as the ark stayed where it didn't belong, there was going to be death. People were dying. The idols are coming down. Go with me now. Go with me now to Ezekiel chapter 8. I got to bring this home. Because you think I'm just talking about Old Testament biblical days. I got to bring this up to date so that we will know that I'm speaking about today, what is happening today right before our very eyes. Those of you who have been listening to the news, 
you see where certain pastors, big-name bishops, are under the gun. Their name is mud. It's all in the news. Everybody's talking about it. And there's an investigation going on. Lawyers have, have been called and people are suing. And I'm going to tell you something. The idols are coming down. The scripture says this in Psalm 27. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in, and they are saved. Now, you see all this stuff that's going on in the news right now. Certain bishop down there in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to tell you something. I'm praying for him. I am praying for the potter's house. I am praying for those people down there. Because we saw this. This just recently happened um, back in, in, in Atlanta. And those people knew what was going on. They knew what their pastor was doing. And you know what? They turned a blinded eye to it because everybody's palm was getting green. They knew. People were being paid under the table. They knew about the trips, the boys that went on the trips. They knew about the airplane tickets, the hotel rooms. They knew. But when it all came out, you know what they said? We don't care. I saw it on the news. I'm not telling you what somebody told me. I saw it on the news. The news went to the church. When it broke out, the cameras went. And they took those cameras and interviewed People from that congregation. Bishop, we don't care. We are with you. They didn't care whether he was right or wrong. They pushed him above God. And in the end, it all came out. He paid an undisclosed amount. He had to pay those five boys off. Now, if you're not guilty, why would you pay money? You don't pay money for stuff that you know you're not guilty of. You make them prove it. That's what the law says, that we are innocent until proven guilty. That's what the law says. But those boys were paid privately so that that could be kept secret. And one thing about that was that they could never, they could never write about it or they have to pay the money back. The idols are coming down. 
Whatever you put in your trust in, whoever you put in your trust in other than God, I'm telling you, God said, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also eat. What is being done in the dark is coming to the light. God is exposing wickedness, corruption. He is exposing it, and judgment must begin at the house of God. People are going to be heartbroken who believe in a man rather than God. That's why you got to have the Holy Ghost. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. God never called us to follow men. He called us to follow Christ. He is our example. Let's look now at Ezekiel chapter 8. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of God, of the Lord God, fell there upon me. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins, even downward, fire, and from the appearance of brightness as the color of amber. And he put forth the form of a hand and took me by a lock of mine head. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. And he brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoked to jealousy. And behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the flames. Then he said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now, the way toward the north, So I lifted up my eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar of jealousy in the entrance. Hey! An idol sitting in the house of God. He said, Furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abomination that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go off from my sanctuary. God said, you got this image, this idol sitting here. I can't stay here because I am God. And this Thing that you have here that you have put before me in my sanctuary. How in the world can you dishonor God in his own house? 
How, how can you do it? I, I don't understand that. If I come to your house, I'm going to do what you tell me I can do in your house. I'm going to greet you. I'm going to be respectful to you. I'm going to dine where you say dine. I'm going to use the bathroom you tell me to use. I can respect your house. How is it that we can respect one another's house, but we don't respect God's house? We bring these idols in the house of God. And we think God is pleased. He said that I should go far off. In other words, these are the things, these idols, is what is driving God off from his house. And so the people try to carry on like God is there. They having church and God ain't even there. In other words, you in God's house, the choir is there. The deacons are there. The ushers are there. The ministers are there. You got the, the, the musicians are there. Everybody's there but God. God ain't even there. And so because God is not there because you have driven him off, then the church has to manufacture or try to manufacture a move of God and make it look like, oh, God is here. God ain't even there. He said, I have not even spoken to them. He's not going to be where he has to compete. God don't have to compete with idols. He said, you have driven him far off from his sanctuary. And then he told the prophet, he said, but wait, turn, turn, turn yet again. He said, and thou shalt see even greater abomination. And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. In other words, another door. And he said unto me, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping thing, an abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them, Seventy men of the ancients of the house of Israel. In the midst of them stood Jeazaniah, the son of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? You see, they don't, they don't operate in the light where everybody can see them. This is in darkness, and this represents the spirit of darkness. They love darkness more than they love light because their deeds were evil. 
said, every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. He said unto me, turn thou again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, the north, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they worship the sun. Idolatry. These people were in the temple, these 25 men and those 70 elders, in the house of God, committing all these abominations in the house of God. And this group, they worship in the sun. All worship. be directed to God because he alone is worthy to be praised. But yet these people came in the house of God, turned to the east, and worshipped the sun. Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, here comes, here comes, here comes the judgment. I will also deal in fury. My eyes shall not spare. Neither will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet I will not hear them. The idols are coming down. The idols are coming down. And if we go on and read chapter 9 and chapter 10 of this book, of Ezekiel, we see where the glory was lifted up from the temple. And you get over to chapter 10 and verse 18. It says, Then the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the houses and over the cherubim. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The glory departed. The glory departed. It departed from the house of the Lord. When chapter 11 and verse 23, 
let me read 20, 22, 21, 22, and 23. As for them, this is Ezekiel chapter 11, 21, 22, and 23. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own head, saith the Lord. Then did the cherubim lift me up, lift up their wings, and the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them above, and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city. It departed and stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. The glory of God has departed from the church because of the idols. Because of these wicked abominations that are being done in God's house. <clears throat> because we have made idols out of people. You know, the church's new thing is to bring in sinners to let them entertain us in the house of God. You know, they brought in Patty LaBelle to the house of God. Patty LaBelle does not worship God. She came in and sang secular songs. And when the people, and, and, and she was talking um, very roughly. I mean, the clothes that she had on, was it was just un, in, unbelievable. But it was natural for Patty to wear those clothes. But you know what Patty said? She said, y'all knew I wasn't saved when you brought me in here. She never professed to be saved. So why did they bring Patty LaBelle to the house of God? Why did they bring Steve Harvey, a cussing comedian, to the house of God? Why? Why couldn't they find a real preacher, an anointed, called and chosen, sanctified and set apart preacher? to come to the house of God. Do you see how the enemy has infiltrated the church? They call themselves influencers. But the Bible says, ye are the light of the world. Ye are the salt of the earth. We are supposed to be the influencers, but yet we're bringing the world into the church. Instead of us going ye into all the world, the world is coming into the church. They're bringing these entertainers into the house of God and putting them before us. And the people of God are clapping and shouting and dancing and carrying on. I just looked at a video today, and I saw where William Murphy 
had a party, a secular party in the house of God, New Year's night. They turned the lights down low. It was just like the club. In the house of God? Come on, church. You know better than that. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. God's people are called to live holy and sanctified lives unto the Lord. You can't be saved and in the world too. Either you're going to love the one or hate the other. You cannot mingle the holy things of God with the world. And the devil is sitting back laughing at the church. Because the devil knows that this is not right. And God is not pleased. The only people that don't seem to know that is the saints of God. How are you going to grab Super Bowl Sunday in the church? I believe God would rather that you just say we're not going to have evening service. We're going to stay home and watch the Super Bowl with your family. Then to bring that into the temple of God. God said in his word, be ye holy, for I am holy. To be holy means to be set apart from the world. Set apart for God's use and for God's glory. And the very thing that we are supposed to be set apart from That's what we are partaking of and bringing into God's house and trying to offer it up to him as if it was holy and it is a putrefying stench in God's nostrils. Who have bewitched you? Oh, I'm telling you, the idols are coming down. Who have bewitched you? Church? Who have made you to trade the truth for a lie? Freemasonry. All in the church. The Baptist church is full of Freemasonry. Do you know that you cannot serve to God? The idols are coming down. Do you not know what Freemasonry is all about? I have copies of the Freemasons' vows all the way up to the 33rd degree. I have a copy of it. So I'm not just talking out of the side of my neck tonight. I'm telling you what I know. When they take the 33rd degree oath, 
they have to say that Lucifer is God. And the Baptist church has been infiltrated with Freemasonry. All of our presidents in the brotherhood, the idols and the skull and crossbones, and the women, they got their part in it too. They got the eastern stars and the daughters of Isis. The Bible says right here, these 25 men had turned their faces toward the east. And they worshipped the sun. These women were weeping for Tammuz in the house of God. Tammuz, let me help you out with that. Tammuz is the Semitic equivalent of the Sumerian Demuzi whose ill-fated love of Inanna that's submitted for Ishtar. The goddess of love is recounted in the Sumerian, Sumerian myth of Inanna's descent to the nether world. Listen <laughs> at this. The nether world is the underworld. My God. And the death of Dumuzi, betrayed by Iana and consigned to the underworld, his demise was limited in the fourth month, which was named after him. Evidently, the women of Judah lamented Tammuz on the fifth day of the sixth month. The worship of Tammuz was one of the many fertility cults of the ancient Near East. Weeping for Tammuz was an act of worship intended to bring him back from the dead, from the nether world. These women were worshiping this Assyrian deity. These were the women of Israel weeping for Tammuz. Now, if we go back to Deuteronomy, I want to read from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, I think. Yes, let me get there. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7 and 3. Glory be to God in the highest. I'm going to start at the first verse. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest in to possess it, out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater 
and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show any mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto thy son, nor his daughter shall thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods, idols, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy them suddenly. But thus shall we deal with this. You shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord God. The Lord thy God have chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. He told them, he warned them before any of this happened. He said, when you go into the land that I'm about to bless you with, go in and destroy everything, man, woman, boy, girl. Utterly destroy it. Don't make no covenant with them. Don't let sons marry their daughters. Don't let your daughters marry their sons. And then God went on to tell them why. Now, God don't have to tell us why he said anything, but he explained it. He said, lest they turn your heart from following me. He knew that these people were idolatrous people, full of idols. They worshiped other gods. And God said, if you do this, if you make covenants with them, if your daughters and sons make marriages with them, they're going to turn your heart from following me. And my anger will be kindled against you, and I'm going to destroy you. That's what he told them. Long before they ever entered into the promised land. So here we are today. Here we are today, the year 2024. And the very thing that God told the children of Israel back then is coming to pass now. The idols. The idols are coming down. We have made idols out of people. We worship certain people in this country. If they're prosperous, if they got plenty of money, or if they're talented, we worship them. Athletes are being worshipped in this country. Pastors 
Can't even preach a full message because they got to get home and watch the game. I remember when a certain young lady, I'm going to call her name, when Fantasia won American Idol, her grandmother got a church right here in North Carolina. Instead of them canceling that Wednesday night service, they bought a TV into the sanctuary and watched American Idol in the house of God. Do you not know that God is not pleased with that? I believe God would have honored them more if they had just canceled Bible study. That we're not going to have it tonight. But for you to bring a TV and set it up in the in the holy sanctuary of God and say, we're going to watch my granddaughter. She's on American Idol tonight. I think we have lost the fear of the Lord. And because we have lost the fear of the Lord, we have essentially lost our minds. Christians. He said, he whose mind is stayed on thee will be kept in perfect peace. When you look around, you look at the violence, you look at the corruption, you look at the wickedness, and we wonder, why are all these terrible things happening? It is because we no longer fear the Lord. We have forgotten what it actually means when we say our God is holy. We, we, we've forgotten what that means. The holiness of God is nothing to be trifled with. In the book of Ezekiel, when he saw the vision of God, the Bible says he fell on his he saw the creatures. He saw things that he, he couldn't even actually describe. He did his best to describe them for us today. But he saw things that tremble. See, we don't tremble no more. We do whatever we want to do. The people in Ezekiel said, God, do not see us. He has left us. Somehow they deceived themselves into believing that lie. The omnipotent, that's all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, And how is it that we would think that God, who made eyes, cannot see? And the God who created ears cannot hear? How is it that we could deceive ourselves like that? And because there's no glory, the glory has departed from the house of God. We have to manufacture glory. You know what we do? We bring in smoke machines. 
into the house of God to make it appear as if it was the glory. That's not the glory. That's not the glory. The glory of the Lord has departed from the temple. You know what God told me on April the 13th, the year of 2020? God said to me, many of the churches am shutting down, and they will never reopen again. He said, because they have idols and false fire on the altar. I said, wow. He said, you think the government was shutting these churches down when COVID-19 broke out? He said, that was me. I'm shutting them down. And some of them will never reopen. Because of their idols and false fire on the altar. Now, you all remember Nadab and Abihu, right? They were priests. And they took censers and went into the sanctuary and offered strange fire unto the Lord. And the Bible says fire. God calls fire. Ooh. I feel the power to come up out of the census, and they burnt up. God ain't nothing to play with. The God that created the heavens and the earth is not to be toyed with. He's not to be trifled with. He is to be feared, holy, reverential fear of the Lord. Don't you know when the priest went into the Holy of Holies to make atonement for the people, they put a bell, they put a belt around him with some bells on it. Because if he had any sin, any unrepentant of sin in his life, when he went in that Holy of Holies, if he wasn't right with God, he fell dead in the presence of the Lord. And how they knew he was dead, because you couldn't go in there. They didn't hear them bells ringing no more, him walking around and moving. So they had to take a rod, pull him out. That's how serious, that's how holy God is. That's how serious this is, what I'm telling you about. A man named Uzzah reached out to catch the ark of God when David was trying to take it back to Jerusalem. And they carried it, they transported it improperly, and it almost fell off the cart. It was toppling over. And Uzzah reached out to catch it. And fell dead because he touched the presence of God. When Moses 
went up into the mountains to meet with God. God gave instruction that nobody was to come near that mountain, not even the animals. Whoever touched that mountain would die, would be put to death because God was in that mountain. We don't understand the holiness of God. We think holy is just, oh, wearing a white uh, a, a white dress, long white suit, a long white something, a robe, and, and, and having our head covered and uh, having our feet covered and all of that. We think that's holiness. Holiness to be separated unto the Lord. Your whole life is consecrated unto the Lord for his use and for his glory. Whatever God says, that's what we do. The people of God don't play with God because they know who can withstand Who can withstand the judgment of God? Who can withstand it? If God say don't breathe, you and I won't breathe again. Just like that. We don't understand that. And so we, we, we play with God like he's a toy. Like he's a wind-up toy. All them other gods might be wind-up toys, but not the God of Israel. Telling you the idols are coming down. Those of you who want to play with God and keep your idols, I'm giving you warning. 2024. It's going to be the shaking. Let me go there. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Glory be to God in the highest. He said, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not to refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now his promise saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Seeing we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. God said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. 
so that only that which cannot be shaken would remain. He said, I'm shaking out lies. I'm shaking out hypocrisy. I'm shaking out corruption. I'm shaking out sexual immorality. I'm shaking out lust. I'm shaking out greed. I'm shaking out pride. I'm shaking it out. He said, I'm shaking it out. And everything that is not properly aligned and rightly connected to the vine, it will not remain. He said, I'm shaking out things. I'm shaking it out. Because the word of the Lord says in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. See, if you're struggling with something, it's time to pray. Yeah, it's praying time. If you know you're having problems with your flesh, it's time to bring that to the altar. It's time to stop playing with that. It's time to stop making excuses for that. It's time to get on your face and cry out to God in desperation to be delivered. But don't try to justify it and say, oh, that's just how I am. That ain't just how you are. That's a demon. And it's controlling you. And we as believers should not be controlled by anything except the Holy Spirit. He said, if my people, he's talking about the church, the called out assembly of God, the ecclesia, the church that Christ died for. Glory be to God in the highest. The scripture says, while we were yet in sin, Christ died for the ungodly. Where's the church that Christ died for? He died to make us holy. He died for us. We were worthless. We were on our way to hell. We were ruthless. We were wicked. We were filthy. But Christ died for us. And now we're going to play with God? We're going to play games with him? I think not. You're not even smart enough to play games with God. The idols are coming down. Every idol in your life is coming down. God's going to expose it. And it's coming down. It's got to go. 2024 is going to be a year of prayer. You're either going to pray or you're not going to make it. He said in his word, if ye confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us all unrighteousness. You got to take that thing to God in prayer that you're struggling with. You got to cry out from the depths of your heart. 
He said, if any man hunger and thirst after righteousness, he shall be filled. See, you're not hungry enough. You're still, you're still eating from the world's table. You can't mix it. You cannot mix it. You cannot mix it. All of this play church. It's over. Play church is over. And God is going to continue to expose this wickedness. He's going to continue to expose this wickedness. I'm going to say it again. God is going to continue to expose this wickedness until the church is butt naked. And then we can be clothed in the righteousness of God, which is Christ Jesus. Play church is over. The idols are coming down. You watch. This is just the beginning. It is just January. And the scandals, I'm telling you, already being exposed. And God is doing this because God has warned. He has sent warning upon warning upon warning to certain people, certain preachers, certain pastors. They know what they're doing. But they act like God can't see it. And so they continue. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So you just continue in your mess. God tried to warn you privately first, but because you would not heed the private warning, then God said, I'm going to deal with you publicly. These idols are coming down. They're coming down. You see, when God sent the prophet Nathan, to David, he sent him privately. But had David refused to hear God, then God would have dealt with him publicly. So he gave you a choice. You can receive correction privately, or God will allow you to be humiliated publicly. And that's what's happening now. These people are being publicly humiliated. And then, first of all, you say, well, it's not true. Okay. You say it's not true. But then you backtrack and say, and even if I did it, all I got to do is repent. Where is the humility? Where is the godly sorrow? You all remember David and Saul, right? Both of them sinned. Both of them got in trouble with God. David more than one time. But the difference between David and Saul was that Saul only wanted the kingdom restored to him. That's all he wanted. Okay, okay, just give me my kingdom back. But David wept before the Lord, and we have the 
we have the 51st Psalm. Record of it, how he wept before the Lord. But David said to the Lord, you can take everything I got, but don't take your spirit from me. David loved, Saul loved being king. David was a man after God's own heart. Saul only wanted what God could give him. He loved his position. He had he had made an idol out of being king. And he wouldn't repent. He would not repent. When the prophet Samuel went to him, he, he, he wouldn't repent. You know what he did? He blamed. He said, the people, the people, they, they, they wanted me to, to, to keep this stuff. They, uh, they, they, that's what they wanted. He would not say, I have sinned against the Lord. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And God is talking to some preachers tonight and some pastors and some leaders in the church tonight. You hear the voice of the Lord tonight. And you are in sin and you are refusing to give up that sin. Samuel told Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Idols are coming down. Whatever is in your life that you are putting before God, it is coming down. If it's your wife, if it's your children, if it's your ministry, if it's your church, if it's your pastor, if it's your money, your position, your home, your title, whatever it is, that you put before God, idols are coming down. This year, 2024, there will be more exposure than we have ever seen before. Great men of God, people that you think are great, are going to fall before the presence of his glory. Just like Dagon. They set Dagon up beside the Ark of the Covenant as if the two were equal. The first day, Dagon was laying prostrate on his face before the presence of the Lord. They had to sit him back up. They set their idol back up and the second day, Dagon was face down again 
But this time, Dagon's head was broke off. He had no power. And Dagon's hands were broke off. I tell you, the idols that we have allowed into our lives and that we have allowed to come between our relationship with God because we have forgotten how holy God is. Every idol in your life must come down. So in closing tonight, I want to pray for the people that heard this message. My prayer is that first and foremost, this message caused you to tremble. Father, I pray for the people who have heard your word. I pray, oh God, that they will not take this message lightly but that they would examine themselves and that they would pray unto you, fall on their knees even now, asking you, O oh God, to shine the light upon them, exposing the idols in their lives. I pray that they be willing, O oh God, up under the scrutiny of your eyes. I pray, oh God, that whatever you show them, that they will confess it and repent and ask you to help them get rid of these idols. Whatever they have attached themselves to or joined with or gotten involved in, I pray, oh God, call the Messiah that the people of God would unhook themselves from everything that is not like you. That they would get rid of the abomination and the detestable things that have been erected in their lives and that we have allowed come in and influence the church. I pray, oh God, that they will allow you to deal with them privately so you don't have to deal with them publicly. May the church get rid of the idol. May we repent before it's too late. 
God, I pray you will have mercy upon your people and help us tonight. Help us to come clean with you, God. Help us to fall on our knees tonight and seek your faith in sincerity and in truth. Whatever our struggles may be, God, let us bring it to you tonight in prayer. And you will help us. I pray that you would strengthen your people, oh God. Strengthen us, God, where we will let go of everyone and everything that is not like In the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't want idols in our lives. Nor do we want the fierce anger of the Lord to be kindled against us. God, expose the idols in the lives of your people. Expose the idols in the church. Expose the idols. Yeah. Expose the idols, God. And help us to surrender to you. Your word says, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. He shall see God. Father, I'm praying for the people of God tonight. Those that heard this message in a way that they've never been impacted before. This is my prayer. I pray for deliverance from all idols. Deliver us from evil. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Here at Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministries, we praise your name. We count it an honor to serve you in sincerity and in truth. We thank you for the opportunity to speak your word and to declare your name, that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. This is your hostess, Evangelist Janet Taylor, from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry in the Nation. I bid you good night. In Jesus' name, amen.